News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. Thanks to Vodafone. Think forward, get ahead with Vodafone Red Business. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose when I heard her speaking, I just said to myself, you know what, maybe more it's about time you spoke as well of your own experience. And um, that's why I decided to, to make contact with you. Um, I was 20 and a half weeks pregnant, roughly, when I had my anomaly scan. And uh, the consultant realised that um, our little baby had no kidneys and no evidence of the bladder either. Um, and obviously she explained the situation to me that um, there was no hope for him um, to live outside the womb, that uh, he was incompatible with life. They were the words that were used and um, basically that uh, that was the situation and that she couldn't really do anything for me uh, but did outline um, you know, that there was other options in um, you know, travelling to, to England. So, th- so this, this was... When, um, when, when was this, Maura? This was in, in March, uh, March the 13th, and um, I suppose we spent about five weeks agonising over um, what to do, and, uh, you know, at first they said that, you know, maybe um, he his little heart might, might stop uh, beating, but then, you know, we went for several different scans and, and seen the professor in the hospital as well, and he said, you know, he's seen many cases where the baby will, will survive right up to, to full term. So it was a very uncertain time and um, a very traumatic time, um, as you can imagine. But and, the, one, um, the one thing you were certain of was that your son, and I know you, call, you called him Patrick, that, yes. that he wouldn't survive at all outside the womb. No, no. I mean, it was it was very clearly said to me, you know, that he couldn't survive outside the womb. He'd no kidneys, he'd no bladder, um, you know, he'd no functioning system there. Um, and he was, in, in the consultant's words, he was being compressed. And the more the pregnancy went on, um, his body would become more and more fused. Um, together. So as you can imagine, more and more deformed, basically. And um, as you can imagine, if that was to continue up until uh, full term, it would have been very difficult for us to to even see our baby because uh, he would have been quite fused together. So I suppose for me, it was about making a decision about what was best for him and also about wanting to be able to see him when, you know, before that got too bad, you know. So you, you, uh, like Rebecca, you went to Liverpool, did you? Yeah, we went to Liverpool um, the 15th of April and um, we uh, took the decision, very hard decision, but took the decision to end pregnancy and the birth was induced and um, I gave birth to Patrick, obviously stillborn, um, on the 16th of April. And um, I have to say, Liverpool Women's Hospital were absolutely brilliant. Uh, the, the dignity and respect they treated myself and my husband with was unbelievable. Um, I didn't want to leave Patrick um, in England um, to be cremated um, and to have to receive you know, him a few weeks later. So we decided to get the ferry over and um, the, the arrangements were made in the hospital for to have a little... Um, a little coffin, and uh, we brought Patrick home with us in the back of our uh, boot, which was also very traumatic. You know, you we brought, you, to, um, you, you brought him, him back home. on the ferry. 
Yeah, we have to bring him back on the ferry and uh, obviously, you know, you have to leave your car down under and, and we had to leave him in the boot of the car while we went up on deck. Um, but for me, it was the best of, of you know, the other situation was, was having to fly home with, without him and, and him being sent home to us, basically, which I couldn't handle, to be honest. So uh, that was the decision we made. And did so, you... Did yeah, you... we brought him home and we had a service and um, a funeral and a burial for him and try to do the best that we could to give him the respect that he deserved, basically. And, you know, what really kind of hit me when I went to Liverpool was the stories that the midwives were telling me about the ladies from Ireland and their husbands that were coming over every week um, in silence and, and in shame and hiding this fact that they had to come and do this. And, and this hospital only deals with babies with fatal abnormalities. Yeah. And I just couldn't understand why in this day and age that any of us should feel in these situations any shame. But Patrick would have been your first child, would he? Yeah. yeah. So you would have been very much aware during all of this debate, which would have taken place, what, 18 months, two years ago, about fatal yeah. fetal abnormalities. And you wouldn't have known that this was a choice that you were going to have to face at the time. So what were you thinking when we were discussing this as a nation and agonising over this? What were you thinking at that stage? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I don't want to get into the whole abortion debate as a whole because I, I think the situation um, with, with babies who are incompatible with life is very unique and very different to the larger debate. But at the same time, I do remember when um, the whole debate was coming up and my attitude has always been, you know, that nothing is ever black and white, that there's always circumstances where, um, you know, things have to be taken into consideration very seriously. You know, I was very aware when, when that whole debate was going on that there are, there are situations where, you know, there should be uh, leeway or there should be, um, you know, laws to, to kind of accommodate people, mm. you uh, know, in my opinion. It's something that the government has said they're not going to tackle. Um, it, it, while there, this current administration, it'll be down to whoever the next government is. Mm. Um, they don't want to deal with this issue. Yeah, basically, they don't want to deal with it and uh, they're quite happy for to let, you know, women and their partners and husbands go to, to Liverpool every week um, in, in shame and, you know, secrecy. But I suppose it really angered me when I was over there that so many women, you know, feel that, that shame when really all they're doing is trying to make the best decision for their baby and, and for their families, mm. you know? There are, I mean, what seems to be striking is the lack of choice, that yeah. um, women ca- can't have a medical procedure if they want to. There seems to be very limited for for women who may, for whatever reason, want to go through with the pregnancy and and see the child delivered. There doesn't seem to be any special level of care, be it hospice care or whatever, for the child that's there. At the moment, on every level, we seem to just have our head in the sand on this. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, you know, we may be a small minority, you know, of women and babies that this happens to, but I I do believe that we deserve, you know, uh, the dignity and respect, you know, to be shown to us and to choose what's best in the awful situation that we're placed in. And like, you know, the the situations with these babies, they're terminal, you know, no matter what, they're terminal. And, you know, I believe the parents, no matter what choice they make, that they should be accommodated in that choice. And, you know, for me, because I suppose of the specifics that were pointed out to me from the consultants, I just felt I, I couldn't, you know, continue to see my baby kind of being compressed and being fused together as the pregnancy went on and on and on. And I, I just couldn't do that to him, you know. And also, th- you have to recognise, you know, the psychological torture that parents are put through as well, mm-hmm. knowing that no matter what the end is, the baby is never going to survive. Do you feel that you and, and Patrick were abandoned by the state? 
well, effectively, yes, absolutely. You know, and, 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 and what do you um, want to say to politicians who are saying now that this is something that they don't want to deal with at least? Uh, at most for another 18 months, probably a lot longer. It'll be another two or three years and God knows how many other women making this decision to go to Liverpool or or, or give birth to a child that really has no hope of survival but won't get any extra care as a result. Mm. Well, I suppose there's a part of me that wants to say, for God's sake, grow up. You know, what century are you in? You know, and I like to say to the Taoiseach and, and, you know, all the the politicians to show some humanity, you know, and to walk a mile in, in, you know, our shoes. Like, imagine if it was their uh, daughter or son and wife in this situation. And, you know, when I went to Liverpool, like, it was so obvious, the consultants and the midwives over there, they, they all can't understand what what's going on in Ireland, that, that the government are happy to keep sending women over there every week. Everybody was, was totally understanding of my decision, you know, and totally supportive of my decision. So I don't think it's actually the general public. I think it's the government that it, they lack the courage to act. OK. Maura, our sympathies on the passing of Patrick, and thank you very much for taking the call on News Talk Lunchtime. No problem. Thanks, Jonathan. News Talk Lunchtime with Jonathan Healy. Thanks to Vodafone. Do business your way with Vodafone Red Business.